Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. It is an absolutely beautiful, gorgeous day here in southern Indiana, March the 1st. It's in the morning for me, and it is already topping almost 70 degrees. A gentle breeze, birds are singing. Hope you can hear that in the background. I am purposely outside on this first podcast of the Person and the Power podcast for the topic at hand, and the topic, People Still Die on Sunny Days. So I've been a pastor for 25 years, and I really think I've learned, I've learned to handle grief really well. I've, I've learned to walk people through grief. I, I think I've learned to process grief pretty well. I, I do. I, I think it's one of those things I've learned to be just simply a, um, be the presence of God uh, in, the, uh, in, in, in a hospital room or in an accident or in those moments where someone's taking their last breath here on this side of eternity. And I think I've learned to be that real, peaceful, silent presence of God. And I've also learned, I think, to process death. I, as, a, again, pastor of 25 years, I have seen my share of deaths. I've done my share of funerals. And I think I've learned to, to walk through, deal with, and what I like to say, grieve well. I think I've learned to grieve well. But the last six months of my life, I... I can't recall a time where that processing and grieving well has been put more to a test than, than it has these last six months. Just uh, almost ridiculous in the depth of scope and um, the weight of the losses here, even just personally, not just as a pastor, but, but personally. And, and, Ironically, on every one of those deaths, and, and this is the reason for the title of this podcast, People Still Die on Sunny Days, for every one of these precious and, precious and dear people that passed, the day, I remember those days very vividly, and those days were bright and sunny, and, and even into the night, crystal clear with thousands of stars in the sky. So it was one of those days or nights, you know, people dying on cloudy days, people dying on cold, dreary days. We can almost make an excuse for that, or we can say, okay, this is how it's meant to be, because death is not, uh, death is dark, and death is dreary, and, and death is not bright and sunny. But on, on these four deaths that I'm going to share just a brief word about each one, Everyone, not only deeply, deeply meaningful to me and deeply impactful to me, but also happened on beautiful, bright, sunny days. So this first one, um, Dwana Trobaugh, she was a pillar here at Firmers Chapel Church. I mean a pillar. The word is for Dwana and the word was for Dwana. She never had a harsh word for anyone. Like in all her 80 plus years, I think there was one time 
that she may have had a harsh word for someone. And when someone shared that harsh word, everyone looked around and thought, that's not harsh. That's not harsh. Now, in, in Dwana's uh, dictionary, that would be harsh, but not in anyone else's. And so this precious woman just oozed encouragement, oozed um, just this sense of she never, at least in my 18 years of the privilege of being her pastor and her friend, and even the years and years and years that I didn't know her, but I heard about her, there just didn't seem to be anything negative to come out of Duana's mouth or in her spirit. Uh, in fact, she was accused of living in the little house on the prairie days. She was accused of living with the Brady Bunch. She was accused of being Pollyannish. Not bad accusations, right? She had this love for the Lord and the love for God's people. She loved the word of God. Some of her favorite passages of scripture talked about the creation and the diversity of God's creation, his creative power. She loved to try to somehow bring people together. Oh, how that is sorely needed in the church and in our culture today. So this precious woman, when she got the diagnosis of cancer, Obviously, and, and one of the things about Duana, she had hardly ever been in a hospital or had ever been sick. So obviously when you hear the word cancer, you, it's a kick in the gut. But with this positive woman, encouraging woman of God, yes, there was, there was fear and there was trepidation, but there was also this underlying sense, it'll be okay. You know, it'll be okay. This positive Nothing wrong, nothing bad, nothing negative type of attitude spilled over into her battle with cancer. Unfortunately, it was a short battle, and it ended um, on August the 20th of last year. I'm sorry, August the 10th of last year, um, when her, again, her battle ended, but it, was a, it literally was a beautiful sunny day. I remember uh, going over there that morning. Uh, I think it was late morning, early afternoon. And it was just one of those beautiful sunny days. And then when you, we heard the news later, it, it just, it rocked. I mean, we knew it was coming and it still rocked. Just, it rocked us and it rocked, personally rocked me. That voice of encouragement was gone. That voice of, of positivity was gone from our midst. Um, Carol Hendricks, <laughs> if there's ever going to be a time in this podcast that I might shed a tear, it's going to be in this moment. Um, Carol and I had a, um, uh, a little bit of a rough start at the very beginning of our relationship, uh, many, many, many years ago. She was the treasurer of our church here at Firmish Chapel for years and years and years. And we had a little bit of a rough start, start, but oh, the deep and profound relationship that we formed and forged over the years to the point where she, I could call her probably one of my, if not my best friend here at this church. Um, one of my best supporters, encouragers. Oh my gosh. She, she, she was such an encouraging word. And, and she, now she was an old school she was an old school treasure. Don't, don't mistake it. She knew where every penny was and she didn't mind pinching a few. But her words of encouragement to me, her support, uh, every Sunday afternoon after church, she, uh, she wasn't a big fan of, 
of the latest technology. I still remember when she got um, an iPhone and a computer and she, she literally stepped into a new century and she kind of grumbled as she stepped into it, but she stepped into it and she used it on my behalf every Sunday afternoon. She sent me a, a text, a rather lengthy text pointing out a couple of great points that I made in the sermon that morning at first service and just saying, thank you for being a pastor who listens to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being a pastor who guides his people, shepherds his people well. Thank you for being that pastor. And just, uh, I still have the last one on the Sunday she passed. She was here that Sunday. Um, It was November, November 20th. I believe it was the Sunday. Yeah, it was the Sunday before Thanksgiving. She shared a testimony. She, uh, This woman had encountered loss after loss after loss. Many of uh, who might be listening to this know this, but some of you listening to this won't know this. She suffered probably seven to eight losses in the last nine to 10 years that would cripple almost anyone else. I'm talking her mother-in-law, her sister, her, fa- her, her husband, her daughter to a stroke, and then her last remaining daughter to cancer, along with a a couple other losses to death. And then she herself, within a year, within just actually a few months of losing Tina, her her last remaining immediate family member, in just eight to 10 years, she came down with cancer and was diagnosed with a, it it just wasn't as positive as we thought. It, It just wasn't going well. But on that Sunday morning, November the 10th, guess what it was? Yeah, it was sunny. It was a bright and sunny day. And she gave a testimony on how good God is and how good God has been to her and how God has led her through this season of cancer and her treatments. And she was feeling better than ever before. It was a beautiful, it was a cold day, but it was a bright and sunny day. I still remember vividly the texts, the phone calls that began to come in saying we can't get a hold of Carol. So my wife Pam and I jumped into the car and sped our way to her house about 15 minutes away. Found the paramedics working on her. Um, They had been working on her for several, several minutes. As her medical POA, power of attorney, I I had the uh, horrible privilege of, of telling the paramedics to stop. Driving home, uh, later that night, I stopped the car. Hadn't gotten home yet, I stopped the car. and I looked at Pam, I said, I need to walk home. It was probably single digits, but I said, I just need to do some processing. So she drove the rest of the way home. I walked probably, it wasn't more than a mile, but it was bitter, bitter cold. I remember looking up brilliant, brilliant stars in this completely cloudless, dark sky. And I wasn't praying for one. I wasn't expecting one, but as often as the case, and that's a podcast for another time, a shooting star streaked across the sky as if God said, if I'm the creator of the cosmos, I can take care of your needs right now and I can help you grieve right now. 
Donnie Phipps, he was one of those good guys. I mean, I don't, they're very seldom did I see Donnie Phipps frown or, um, um, I mean, he, he could, he could have a serious conversation, but he was always kidding around, goofing around. He absolutely loved kids of all ages. I mean, absolutely. And kids loved him. I mean, it was crazy. He was a teenage kid magnet. He was a young kid. He could, he was just, he was a magnet. Literally, that's what he was. He was a magnet for uh, young kids, uh, young and old alike, really. I loved talking to Donnie. Donnie Phipps, he was um, uh, just one of, again, encourager. Are you hearing a theme? <laughs> Duana, encourager. Carol, encourager. Donnie, encourager. Donnie Phipps just uh, every Sunday morning shook my hand, gave me a big hug and said, man, that was a good one today, brother. That was a good one today, pastor. And he meant it. And you could see his eyes, his bright eyes. Man, he had some of the brightest eyes in the world. And his eyes would glisten sometimes during the sermons. As I was paying attention, watching other people pay attention, I could see his eyes glisten with tears as the Holy Spirit was moving upon him, as the Holy Spirit was, was moving in him, as the Holy Spirit was touching his life. He was growing by leaps and bounds. Oh my gosh. Um, Donnie and Becky, pillars. Duana, Cecil, pillars. Carol and Chuck before he had passed, pillars. And now um, Donnie and, 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 and Becky, pillars, pillars in the church. So when he was in the emergency room with what looked to be a really, really bad case of poison ivy on his legs, there he was. I visited him. I was there chatting with him and kind of goofing off a little bit. He's, he's like, well, I, I don't know. I mean, now, there was a seriousness. Let's be sure. There was a seriousness because he had had some blood work done and the hematologist had said, you need to get to the hospital. You, you need to get some tests done now. So what looked to be and what he thought to be just a bad rash or a bad poison or ivy oak or sumac, whatever it was, now uh, turned into leukemia. As brief as it was, it was equally courageous. As brief as this battle was, it was brave, courageous. I, you know, as he was going through the treatments, pretty aggressive as they were, it changed this taste. It, it changed almost everything about taste. I, many and several conversations with Donnie, he said, you know, Pastor, I don't, I don't know how someone's expected to eat when it, it tastes horrible and then it sticks in your throat. I mean, anything, drinking, eating, what he used to eat, what he loved, he used to eat, love, oatmeal, what he used to love, ice cream, what he used to love, he, he couldn't know, he could no longer, not only stomach, he could no longer, even, no longer even swallow. So obviously as the treatments were trying to kill the leukemia within him, him not being able to eat was slowly taking the life out of him. Brief as it was, courageous as it was, I, I still remember the Saturday morning, I get a phone call um, and a text. And I drive over and, and, and the sun is just actually beginning to rise. And it's a, <laughs> it's cold. It's, it's December, it's December the 17th. But it's a bright, clear, sunny sunrise. I mean, it's one of those beautiful sunrises where you think, oh my gosh, it, this is going to be a good day. 
And I was driving over to basically pray last rites for Donnie and a last blessing and, and pray comfort for Becky and Darren and the family. I remember getting over there and he'd already passed. Praise God, I had talked to him the week or so before I had left for the Holy Land. I had talked to him and prayed with him and we'd had many conversations. So there was nothing left to say, but you always want that last moment, don't you? So I kneel by his hospital bed. I, I grab his hand and I don't speak to Donnie, the person. I, I speak to God in, in the name of Donnie, in a sense. We've all done that. And I'll never forget <laughs> Becky, um, a widow by only an hour or so, put her hand on me, on my back, and comforted me as I knelt and cried by his bedside. Once again, <laughs> experiencing this deep and, and profound loss on a beautiful, bright, sunny sunrise morning. My, um, my father-in-law was my father. Uh, let's just, let's be honest. Um, my dad, um, as much as I loved my dad, he died when I was 15 years old. My dad, um, really battled alcoholism and, and really the battle was lost to alcoholism. Honestly, he was not a, uh, kind man. Most of the time, he was not a gracious man. Most of the time, um, hard. And so when he passed, Many years later, when I met Pam and when I was adopted lovingly into this family by Paul and Charlene Lill, Charlene became a second mom. My mom was still living at the time. She passed a few years later. But, but dad became my dad. I called him dad. I didn't call him Paul. I didn't call him father-in-law, dad-in-law, father-in-love. Nope. I called him dad. And he filled that huge gap for me, guys, that... Um, I so desperately needed. Uh, he was a very quiet, strong, uh, can be, could be intimidating man because of his, 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 uh, he was a tall man. He was uh, a strong man, uh, uh, not overly broad, but a broad shouldered man and very quiet at times. He didn't talk a lot. He was like E.F. Hutton for those who might know that, uh, <laughs> who know, knew that commercial years ago when E.F. Hutton talks, what? Everybody listens. And, and that was that, that was Paul Lill. And so when he took me under his wing and he took me on jobs that he had, he was a, he was a jack of all trades. He could fix anything. He just couldn't fix the Parkinson's and, and all of the, the things that came with age. 90 plus years old. Um, he was still able to carry on the conversation, albeit much weaker and, and, and certainly much more uh, labored. My, my wife who literally is the poster child for probably the best daughter a father could have was by his bed when he passed was by his bed days before he passed state vigil also long before that days, months, weeks, and years before that, um, continued to, to speak life into him as best as she could prayed with him, talked to him, encouraged him. As I watched, uh, that relationship, I was awed and proud of my wife for the daughter that she that she that she was.
on um, January 2nd of this year, that evening, Dad breathed his last while Pam and her sister Leslie were there. That day, <laughs> at least here in southern Indiana, any guesses? <laughs> it was a bright and sunny day. It was a bright and sunny day and and very cold day uh, a few days later when we buried Dad, when we had a service at Abraham Lincoln National Cemetery in Chicago. But guess what? Cold but bright and sunny. People still die on sunny days. And it, it's, it shouldn't be that way, right? Sunny days should be those days of hope and those days of encouragement, those days of thinking it's going to be okay. It's going to be a good day today. Why? Because it's sunny. But I think probably everyone listening knows that people still die on sunny days. Now, the best news of all is we don't need sunny days to give us our hope, right, as Christians. And as we wrap this up for the next few minutes, I obviously we want to always go to the Word. And it's called the Person and the Power podcast for a reason. There's a real person. He lives inside of you. His name is the Holy Spirit, the third person of a living and loving God. He has real power to, yes, gifts and and and, and graces and 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 fruit of the spirit and all those things, but he also gives us power to grieve. Hear me. He gives us the power to grieve. He is personal. He knows our grief. He knows that people still die on sunny days and he knows how to give us hope. He knows how to give us the power we need. And we find this in first Thessalonians four, starting at verse 13, Paul speaks to the, the people of Thessalonica and he, he, he knows, he addresses them and, and he does it with this two-sided coin, two coin, this double-edged sword. He speaks of death and he speaks of life. He speaks of grief. He speaks of celebration. Listen to what he says. He says, and now dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. He goes on in verse 14 again, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him those believers who have died. Wow. Now that does not change the outcome of the death of our loved ones. We all know that. But there's a sunnier day than the sunny days here on this earth. That's a sunnier day than we could even imagine. That's a day where the sun will no longer set. That's a day where the sun will last forever. That's a day when the light of Jesus' glory will even outshine the sun. That's a sunny day that we can hope in, right? Verse 15, he says, we tell you this directly from the Lord. Wow. Not, not, not indirectly, not assumption, not, not, we think this is a good idea. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with a voice of the archangel and with a trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. 
So encourage each other with these words. Wow. Talk about the sunniest day of all. The sunniest day of all is when Christ returns. The dead in Christ shall rise first. There's nothing of that statement that can be eliminated. The dead here in this world, yes, but those who die in Christ will rise first. And they'll join those who are still living in Christ. And we will be with the Lord forever. A forever of sunny days. A forever of eternity. A forever of those days that will be filled with the light of God's glory. I love how Paul ends this section of this verse where he says, So encourage each other with these words. Dwana Trobal, an encourager. Carol Hendricks, an encourager. Donnie Phipps, an encourager. Paul Lill, dad, an encourager. The greatest encouragement of all is the hope we have in Christ Jesus in life and through death. I pray you have sunny days, but we all know that people still die on sunny days. My prayer is that you will know the hope of all hopes the hope that goes past a sunny day, the hope that is grounded firmly in Christ Jesus alone. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.